Welcome to All Fired Up. I'm Louise, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk all things anti-diet. Has diet culture got you in a fit of rage? Is the injustice of the beauty ideal getting your knickers in a twist? Does Fitspo make you want a Spitspo? Are you ready to hurl if you hear one more weight loss tip? Are you ready to be mad, loud and proud? Well, you've come to the right place. Let's get all fired up. Hello and welcome back to another episode of All Fired Up. I'm so excited for this episode because, as you know, it's the new year and brand new diet culture products are being trotted out at a you know rate of knots. And so this week, I have a past guest who has come back to talk to me. It's the lovely Fiona Willer from Health Not Diets. And she's here to help me dissect a new diet brand that has kind of flooded our television screens and social media over the last couple of weeks. And I think that this is a real cracker of an episode because I guess in a way it's a case study that unpacks how diet culture brings this stuff to market and how it's all padded out to make it look just magnificent. You know, when Fee and I had a peek underneath it, it turns out to be a case of the emperor's new clothes. So sit back, grab a daiquiri or a glass of wine, cup of tea if it's a bit early. But really, I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did because it does, you know, really just sort of eviscerates deservedly this kind of crap that's thrown at us left, right and centre. And if we can understand their methods and if we can use that critical thinking, then we can push back and it doesn't have to impact on us. Speaking of impact, in this episode, there is some mention of calorie intake. There is also some mention of weight and kilos. So if that is going to be triggering to you, it's probably an episode to miss. But I just wanted to add that in. I did think about, you know, beeping it out. But I thought that given how we were discussing the information that it lent itself to being left in. So please just have a think about whether or not hearing this mention of calories and mention of body weight will be okay for you or not. But know that the reason why we were discussing this stuff was in the spirit of unpacking it and revealing it for what it really is. Okay, so without further ado, I give you me and the lovely Fiona Willer. Fiona Willer, it's so good to have you back. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for having me. So what is firing you up right now? I have got a bee in my bonnet. It's not the biggest bee, but it is a bee and it is toxic about the super fast diet. The number one mm-hmm. super fast diet. It's the number one super fast diet. It I- is the top of the list of <laughs> trademarkable names diets because it's a random selection of words put together. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, that. I have a lot to say and I believe you have some things too to say. So this is going to be excellent. I can't wait to dissect this. Like it deserves <laughs> to be dissected because it's roadkill. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm ropeable about this. I'm absolutely in a ladder about it. So because, you know, we're at that time of year, we're in January, we're in prime you know, target mode from the weight loss wolves. Yep. And here they came, the number one super fast diet mother. 
So it was a news. It has the ring. It has the ring of a t-shirt from yeah. Bangkok. You know, like mm-hmm. anyway. Yes, yes, it does. So it's a news.com article, and there was a uh, you know tick box number one for weight loss wolves marketing. A celebrity endorsement, a miracle weight loss story. So someone called Shelley Horton, who I think works for Channel Nine, and you know initially the article was a little bit heartening maybe because it was about her having a gastric band and how it just didn't work for her and how much of a failure she was feeling and just how down she was feeling about that. But you know what? In the next sentence, the whole thing fell apart because she's like, and then I found this diet. And <laughs> the shittiest part of it, I think this is what got me so riled up. She said, and this is an actual quote, my psychologist, Tim Sharp, told me about a program he was advising on called the Superfast Diet. Yeah, if there's something you can't abide by, it's conflicts of interest like promoting your own diet to your clinical psychology patients. Mm-hmm. There's, there's what not the hell? Just what the hell. So that did capture my attention. So this lady was told by her psychologist who's in a position of power and she struggled after the gastric band didn't work. Like we know, it doesn't work for like so many people. And what does he do? He uses his privilege to further his own kind of agenda with a diet. It's unbelievable. Like he's not a weight loss expert, not even a traditional weight loss expert. Oh, like not even a, he's not even a, a quote unquote weight management psychologist. He is known mm. as Dr. Happy. He is, you know, very vocal in psychology circles around Australia, talking about positive psychology and the power of positive psychology. And I have a lot of respect for him in that arena. But talk about stepping outside your scope of practice. And, yeah. and I just, just, I just have no words. So this is what got me really <laughs> But it gets worse. It got worse. The article in the, the diet, the, so this girl, Shelly, she's like, I have lost 13 kilos now in four months from this kind of a version of intermittent fasting diet. And she actually says, the diet has worked so well for me that I am now a paid member on the board of advisors for the super fast diet. So now suddenly this article is actually an ad. (laughs) I've been seeing a lot of those kinds of ads, but Mm. yes, Mm. essentially they should be marked as advertorials. Mm. It should be marked as an advertorial and it gets even worse. I can't even believe it gets worse. But at the end of the article, nine puts at the bottom. If you or someone you know is struggling with body image, please contact the Butterfly Foundation and then gave the Butterfly Foundation your fine number. Which I guess, I mean, if you stretch it, maybe the journalists were saying, you know, maybe this might be triggering for some people, so let's give them the eating yeah. foundation. Yeah, there is an element of pastoral care there, but yeah. well, it backfired, didn't it? Well, what do you think happened? The... Poor old Butterfly Foundation, you know, the number one helpline for people in this country suffering from eating disorders was flooded with people who wanted to know more about the super fast diet. This diabolical. Just, yes. Even imagine yeah. <laughs> My head's down on the table too. <laughs> Being on the phone lines that day, you would have needed some, yeah, anyway, hideous. <laughs> hideous. <laughs> so this came yes. across, this came across our, our, our awareness and we have been chatting and doing a little bit of sleuthing about what just what is this super fast diet like what the hell's going on because it's sort of arrived from nowhere right 
Yes, very quickly. And there's good reason for that. And that is because it's absolutely brand spanking new with no history (laughs) as a program. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, it hasn't even launched. It hasn't started. No. It starts on the 1st of February for people who want to put their dollars towards it. So interesting. Interesting. So here we have, we have a miracle, a new miracle weight loss that's, that's, Absolutely. Oh, and it's got complicated science as well behind it, which obviously... That was in inverted commas. I could hear them from here. (laughs) Complicated. Yes, yes. God, I don't even know where to start. But it is, the Superfast Diet is an online diet program that is trying to profit off the back of the intermittent fasting trend that's sort of sweeping the world. So you remember that Michael Mosley has just released his follow-up of the, his 5-2 diet, which is called the fast diet. So there is a bit of name play going on in terms of trying to jump on a bandwagon. There's one-upmanship. They're trying to out yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see your fast diet. I give you a super fast diet. Mine's faster than I'm your- going to give you the number one super fast diet. <laughs> And you know what? There is a funny bit of history between Michael Mosley and the researcher called Dr. Verity, who's listed as one of the experts on this. Superfast. This is so good. (laughs) It's so good. In 2014, there was a media article written about Dr. Verity, who has been doing research on intermittent fasting and was actually interviewed, I think, on Mosley's documentary about it and he tried it in the documentary but he found because what she was promoting was alternate day fasting so eating normally on one day and then the next day you have to squish your calories down to almost nothing and he found that really difficult and in the documentary he was saying it's just too hard and stopped doing it and then he went on to develop his 5-2 model so she's like the person that was <laughs> featured in the documentary doing all the research. Apparently in the 5-2 diet book that he wrote, he used all of her research to promote the 5-2 diet. And so she's cracked the shits. And in this 2014 <laughs> <laughs> news article, she's having a huge bitch about Mosley and how he used all of her research, which she said it's intermittent, you know, it's alternate day fasting being used as evidence for his 5-2 fasting. So... She's annoyed because her fasting is different and harder than his fasting. (laughs) She has sent some lawyers along and insisted that Mosley stop all references to any of her research in future editions of his book. So hilarious. I mean, it is a really odd move. It's it's nitpicking, isn't it? It is nitpicky and it's particularly interesting considering this diet that she's now a part of. Mm-hmm. It's promoting five Give you choices between the types of fasting that you want to do. Mm. So she's clearly come full circle with the standards that she's happy to promote. Maybe she's gotten over the whole nitpicking thing and she's relaxed and, well, maybe she's just oh, been invited into a circle that pays her better than... I suspect that you might be on the money there, Louise, because when we did our digging, we found some very interesting things about the founders of this program. We did. (laughs) Some delicious detail. Yes. So give us, what did we find out, Fiona? So there are two founders. Mm -hmm. Now, this was actually 
it's not obvious on the website who the founders are because the founders pop up in the testimonials as people who've lost weight <laughs> on the diet. So it's not on the text. You have to click through and watch some of the videos and then they introduce themselves as the co-founders of the program. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Who are you? Mm-hmm. And I went for a search and we discovered... <laughs> Oh, there's a few, there's so many things in this. So first of all, they're not, they're not health experts. And that's not any great surprise because no. diet products are brought to market by marketing people all the time. You know? So this is not out of the ordinary and they're marketing people. So Victoria, someone, what is her name? Victoria Black. Yeah. Victoria Black. So she used to work for Unilever as a brand manager for a few years and then went into publishing wedding publishing stuff online magazines blah 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 no no um, okay fair enough yeah yeah yep, but yep. there are, so there's that however before she did that directly after she did her bachelor of economics at the university of sydney directly like she has just graduated from economics mm. Mm. she works at gloria marshall if you remember <gasps> that weight revered weight loss center in the 80s i mean this is gold So she spent a few years working there as the manager where she has met our other esteemed co-founder of the program who worked for her at Gloria Marshall. And I just think, oh, my God, these two birds who worked at Gloria Marshall during the 80s have come good. They're now expecting to go gangbusters and make a mozza from weight loss in 2018. I just think, wow, that's a success story that I was not mm-hmm. expecting when I went yeah. into <laughs> looking she's, at this stuff. Clearly, she's on the oh. website as a, Genevieve I'm talking about, she's on the website as a quote-unquote fitness industry professional. Mm. She did six years at Gloria Marshall in Hornsby, worked her way up from advisor to the Australian Director of Training and Development from 1987 until what is listed as now She's company director for something called Fit Minds, where she apparently developed FitBods fitness centres. And I love this, the Feminine Lines weight loss chains. I did Google that and couldn't find anything about it, but it sounds creepy. That's interesting. Mm. So one would wonder, if she's got a history like that, what she's doing losing weight on the super fast diet. How much weight does she say that she loses in her testimonial? She says she lost 30 kilos because nothing else ever worked until she started starting herself intermittently a miracle a miracle that that happened and isn't it even more of a miracle that that happened also to her other co-founder who lost 10 Mm. kilos through intermittent Mm -hmm. starvation i mean these two people who are media kind of experts and are really good at pushing you know how to market fitness and weight loss stuff. Mm-hmm. What a coincidence. I really like to have their weight loss verified <laughs> because it sounds too good much to like, mm. well, yes. So it would be fantastic. I wonder if anyone who ever listens to this knows them personally mm. would love and can attest know. that they were exactly following this program that hasn't started yet. <laughs> in order to lose that weight (laughs) recently enough to be able to testify to its 
effectiveness. Perhaps. I mean, but perhaps we just, mm. need, we just need to forget all about that evidence and just focus on Shelley, who is another celebrity from Channel 9 who lost 14 kilos in four months and has liked it so much that she bought the company. But, you know, stuff. Yeah. There it's is an another testimonial. There's, it's there's, an every woman story. This is not happen to all of us. There's <laughs> another testimonial on the website because we have a total of four that we found. Two of the testimonials are from the co-founders with their miracle stories. One's from Shelley, who's now in the company, and another from someone called Rosemary, who she admits wasn't even particularly large to start with, but because she worked in editing. Now, I wonder who she worked for. Did Edit- she work in editing at a wedding publication uh, company very possible anyway mm. she you know lost 10 kilos even though she didn't need to lose 10 kilos and liked it so much she, she was hired. bullied into losing weight by her ex-boss <laughs> <laughs> so she's been hired by the company now so the four people who have testimonials on this website for this amazing diet that hasn't started yet at stand to profit if it yeah. takes off incredible incredible like is... coincidences that are happening I'm inspired already. I just can't even with this stuff. It's so against ethics. Ethics, yeah, exactly. I have such a hard time dealing with it. Reality. (laughs) So wrong. Yeah. And considering that we know the sort of damage that this is going to do to the customers, to their wallets, and to their relationship with their body. Yeah, exactly. Both the psychological side and the physical side, it's not all it is cracked up to be. They're selling a lie. Mm. And they're going to make bank probably given the amount of flashy marketing mm. materials that they have. It's a very glitzy looking program. And on top of like, so the two amazing co-founders and their testimonials and the trendiness of intermittent fasting, which we will get to because mm. we need to dig in. They also tick the box on like this trend of having like, like in a diet program now, it seems to be very trendy to have like a bewildering array of experts who seem to be there for no apparent reason just just blending <laughs> kudos <laughs> yeah they're um, expertise washing the program yeah, and- but as far as we can tell they are people who present a video or two in their pre-recorded weekly, mm. pre-recorded sessions yeah in the weekly 12-week program thing so goodness knows because some of the people are quite esteemed and some I know mine know professionally as well and I just think what on earth me too you, you are a legitimate researcher mm. what a are you legitimate doing here? researcher with proper publications what the heck are you doing in this program that's how I think and about Tim Sharp he really is a very a widely known and esteemed researcher in positive psychology and has done such a lot to improve people's lives and psychological health. What the hell are you doing on a weight loss program? Yeah, it's such a fall from grace in terms of credibility for people who are attached to this sort of thing. If you think about, Tim, if you listen, if you ever listen to this, if you think about the number of people whose unhappiness is coming directly from diet culture and the pressures. Right, exactly. What the heck? What the hell? Anyway, yeah, so him, he's one of the bewildering experts who, like, as far as I can tell, when you're on the intermittent starvation program, you're also supposed to be learning about how to be happy, (laughs) (laughs) even though your entire body is screaming out for food, which I don't think is a good mix. 
And the, just the, the, I mean, we haven't done the, pro the program, but you'd expect if it is, the intention is weight loss, that they are using the weight loss as a conduit for happiness, right? And yes. that any body image issues are going to magically disappear when the body changes mm -hmm. and treating it like the body is wrong instead mm -hmm. of like the, the way that you feel about yourself is wrong. Yeah. Mm. And it's just Thanks. so, yeah. it's gaslighting, right? Because yeah. you can't, it's not a long-term fix to body dissatisfaction. If you go on a short-term diet that actually is going to result for the majority in weight regain, that yeah. is no fix at all. This is a doomed adventure. We know that. Yeah. Yeah. And even the science that they've presented in this white paper. So there's a white paper written by Dr. Varity. Mm. One of the bewildering um, array of experts who actually yeah. is quite closely tied to intermittent fasting research. Yes. So she has a legitimate career in intermittent fasting research, mm. except it doesn't show in this white paper because the referencing is mangled. The language is just beyond the pale for a, what is meant to be a quasi academic. Mm. Yeah, there's so many, but can you just tell us just for people who don't know, like what is a white paper supposed to be? So it's supposed to be an informative paper that is written at a level of language higher than your, just your basic website type stuff. It's meant to inform an interested audience about a particular type of treatment or philosophy or it's a bit like a manifesto kind of, but it's supposed to be properly referenced. It is held in higher regard than a newspaper article or blog, but it's not quite as high on the hierarchy of credibility as a research paper say but it is meant to be between those two things okay this is uh, <laughs> not i mean i would not want my weight loss program if i ever had one which i won't but if i did this i would want the sort of language used to be of a higher standard yeah she uses phrases in it like you know, there's loads research. of this and loads of that and i just think what that's actually not i know you know, I mean, it is, uh, you know, writing this sort of, having made the choice to have a white paper for this program, again, is trying to credibility wash it, right? So there'll be people out there who don't really know what a white paper is mm. and who read it. It's got referencing in there and it's got look, sections that go through the science or as it's told, you know, but essentially it's a narrative. It looks so essentially, science Right. It has a science-y feel to it and mm. to people who aren't in the world of research mm. or scientifically literate they're going to read that as given you know they're going to read that as truth mm -hmm. because it has truthiness to it but unfortunately it's truth. just a gish gallop of <laughs> bs <laughs> and gish gallop of bs is absolutely right Stop. they're trying to say this intermittent fasting stuff is groundbreaking and you know this is world-changing life-saving different to everything else and it's just not it's calorie restriction yeah it's cal calorie restriction with the novel it's just got the novelty of having one calorie limit for one day and a different calorie limit for the next day. That is literally the novelty of the thing. The rest of it is the same. And it doesn't even make the effort for health promoting behaviours. Yeah. So they've got there that, although they've got, they've got Shannon Ponting. Oh, so impressive. It's Shannon Ponting's program to help people move more. Shannon Ponton. Yes. I oh, so impressive, but I can't remember his name. So he's there if you want support with physical activity, but they've got on their main materials, no physical activity is required. 
And then they've got on there eating information that, no, we don't specify. You can eat whatever you want you know, mm. up to a calorie limit. So you can eat, you know, chicken nuggets, a mm. thousand calories of chicken nuggets on your fasting day and a 2000 calories of it on your non-fasting day. If you want, they don't specify even though they do provide recipes, but they're not actually that interested in the quality or variety of the foods that you're eating while you're on the program. All the, the, mm. the point of the whole thing is weight loss. Mm. And so that means that people in the program are actually, interestingly, I mean, from a researcher point of view, it is interesting. They are just getting the perceived benefits of the starvation part. Yeah. So when you starve someone, a human, a rat, a dog, there are changes that happen biochemically. So it goes into, your body goes into a period of like uh, metabolic austerity, if you will, given mm-hmm. you've got governments failing all over the globe. <laughs> so when you've got a lower budget of money to do things with, you do less with them. And part of what happens in a body with that is cholesterol levels go down, bad cholesterol goes down, mm. Trigly- triglyceride levels go down, blood sugars go down, your insulin sensitivity increases, the immune response stuff, all of those immunoglobulins, they reduce as well. It's budgeting. It's body budgeting, right? So it looks, so, like, but it looks like you're healthy, but you're not. Exactly. Mm. So it's a temporary suppression of mm. these things that in a body who's just free living and eating enough energy to maintain the body that's there, that they look completely differently than when they're in this calorie-reduced state. Yeah. All the time. Like we've seen this in every single weight loss study since the dawn of weight loss studies. Right. People go but on when, a calorie-restricted diet. Their, their health indicators yeah. look better for a, a short period of time and then they go back yeah. to And that's the thing. They're only health indicators. So cholesterol is not a heart attack. Cholesterol Mm. is a possible flag that sometime along the line, there may be some plaques in your arteries. Mm -hmm. It's not the actual disease. So people are not actually concerned. There's no, you don't feel it when you've got high cholesterol. There's no actual change to quality of life when you've got high cholesterol. The problem (laughs) is when you have a heart attack, right? Mm. Yeah. But in research... What is used sometimes if they don't have enough funding to extend a program or intervention all the way until you find out whether the people are having a heart attack or not, is they'll use these surrogate markers which are associated with those endpoints. But there's certainly, it's not, you know, there's no tombstone to be written if someone's got high cholesterol. People with low cholesterol levels have heart attacks all the time. It's just simply one way for clinicians to feel about with this individual is that person at risk of a event later on it's not Mm. the actual event same thing with diabetes so blood sugar control is one thing but it's not diabetes and Mm. many people with what they're calling pre-diabetes now will never go on to develop diabetes it's just that they've pathologized a lower level a lower range of blood sugar readings for a lot of people that is going to be their total normal lifetime blood sugar management range yeah so that's going to be okay for their bodies if they're free feeding and free living yeah Mm. but then you starve yourself and you can you you can game those numbers and that's what they're selling game any blood test yeah by starving yourself beforehand really yeah starve yourself for three days and your cholesterol levels will be lower than they are normally in your free (laughs) life so, Fiona, what it sounds like you're saying is that the intermittent <laughs> fasting model is not a miracle cure. 
It's not, and it's not only not that, it's just that they don't even have, there might be some diminishing returns in terms of the benefit that you get from health promoting behaviours. Like mm. there are independent effects of exercise. Exercise can modify your cholesterol levels. So that's not what they're going for. No, they're going just for the starvation effect. Mm. When you eat fruit and veggies and enough fibre, that will affect your cholesterol and other markers. They're not even going for that. They literally just like mm. the basic mm. starvation stuff is what they're after. And I think, oh, there's not even any like accidental benefits. No, no. I did a horrible thing and I downloaded the suggested meal plan for a fast day. And (laughs) yeah, you know what? There's there's no fiber in that day. (laughs) I can I can have an egg, an egg, like just an egg. Yeah, I can (laughs) for lunch. But having those meal plans. Oh. It justifies them having a couple of dietitians oh. on their expert no panel. Point. That's why they're there. They're not there because they actually care about what the people are eating. Like, like they're there so that they can have oh. it expert washed again. Mm. So for lunch, you're supposed to sit there and cook. I'm not joking. Cook lunch. 100 grams of chicken mince in a lettuce leaf with a couple of bits of carrot. Cook. You're supposed yeah, to but- cook that. <laughs> you're forgetting that they have, all, like their weight loss histories have been... Mm peddling weight loss to people in Sydney's North Shore on the northern, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe those people can cook their own lunch every day. My cat eats more than that. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) And then for dinner, you're supposed to just put a bit of fish with some lemon on it and eat that. You know, that's so 1980s. I can't even. Like, that is what I watched my mother eat for years. <laughs> no sauces, uh. no condiments, just seasoning with lemon and herbs. And sure, lemon and herbs are great. They are great. But they're not great when all you've got them with is just boring <laughs> vegetables. I can't even have beans or peas with my fish. Like, I think it's ridiculous what they're saying. <sighs> so, and so shit. the final thing, though. Mm. It's we have not even mentioned the guilt stuff, the goodness washing they're doing by saying that they will donate ten oh. percent of their membership fees to a charity, which this is amazing. Okay. This charity helps malnourished brown people in third world countries oh. with projects so that they can find enough to eat. Oh, we're going to solve hunger problems by creating your... Like, just <laughs> donate to the charity. Exactly. Don't put your money through the Gloria through Marshall the program. revamped program. Yeah. Exactly. Don't do Just it. donate to the charity. Because what they're doing is PR because they know that people find it harder to say no to programs that have philanthropic mm-hmm. connections. Again, oh, it, it is a total marketing ploy. It is so and drilling hard, no, <laughs> this whole thing. It, it is absolutely. absolutely. It is because that, the charity that they're funneling funds to or saying that they are is the CEO is, of course, on the expert panel of the Superfast Diet, of course. Yeah. Of course she is. She's but one of the charity, Yes. Yeah, her charity looks like it's actually really excellent. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's actually, that is not great for her charity's brand <laughs> to be associated with such 
a ethically hollow program. I know. I can imagine her going to some of the countries which are poverty stricken and famine stricken and saying, I'm giving you money off the back of women in Australia who wear sort of starving and that feels really good. It's just, just we don't need to do like, that. They'd be, like, do it. they'd be like, what? Why would someone do that? Why would someone who can eat enough food for themselves, find enough food for their families, mm-hmm. why would they willingly, voluntarily choose to not eat enough food? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a really good it's question. A, it's massively at, insulting. Yeah. 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 But this is what they're doing. You're absolutely right. We have two people who are expert at marketing, who have a long history in the weight loss wolf industry, who are really on the money of like, okay, what can we do? I'm just thinking of them in like a room somewhere going, right, what can we do? We need one of those people. We need a man who's really good at psychology. We need probably need some of those biggest loser people, probably not Michelle Bridges because she's too busy. Let's see what else is available. She's too expensive these days. That's why they can't get her. But otherwise I'm sure yeah. they would have loved her on the program. You can see them just throwing. Oh, but, uh, no, it. she's got her own weight loss program. That's why they don't have uh. her. Of course not. Conflict. Yeah, Mm. behind the times. But you were particularly pissed off about one of the um, names in the expert lineup. Yes, one of them is at my esteemed university, and I cannot understand why he would put his name to it. Because that's Neil King. Mm -hmm. So he was the head of a research institute at my university. Mm -hmm. The head of it. Like, what the heck? This is so, this whole, like, if you read the, he would have read the evidence for intermittent fasting. Mm. Now, he's an obesity researcher. He's an exercise physiologist background, mm. obesity researcher. So his bread and butter studies for many years, like decades, have been make people exercise, put them on a diet, see what happens to their physiology. Mm. So he's very weight-centric. Yeah. That is him. But his own research output, like his own publications, would be about 20 times the length of, like, in terms of if you listed them from top to bottom, all of the things he's ever published academically through his career, they would be about 20 times the length, that list, of all of the intermittent fasting research that's been published to date. And I just think, why? Mm. Are they not paying you enough at the university? (laughs) There must be. Are they forcing you to have commercial partnerships so that there's this, you know, link between industry and research, which is a thing for Mm. universities? Is it that? Is it that you know someone personally that's involved with this program Mm. and they've cajoled you into it? Yeah, yeah. If somebody who's listening knows the story, we'd love to know. Or Neil, if you listen. I just think. Let us know. (laughs) Hi, Neil. (laughs) (laughs) I just. You know, people make their own choices and that's fine. Mm. But doing research myself and being very careful about conflicts of interest, it's not a choice I would have made. It just makes me wonder, that's all. Yeah, yeah. So Neil is your Tim, right? We're both in that kind of... Right. We've both got people that we held in high regard in our own fields Mm. in terms of credibility. Jumping on the weight loss bandwagon. Right. And it hurts me because there's level A evidence that that weight loss will be back within yeah. two to five years yeah. for most people. And even in most the, people are failed by these things. Even in the white paper, the, uh, the esteemed white paper, she admits that the longest intervention that they've done in this whole intermittent fasting stuff is 12 months. 
Like it's it's bubble. Yeah. It's absolute bubble. Yeah. They're not there are foods in my pantry mm. that are far older than that entire research study. Yeah. What they, the are, they are not finding anything different to any other weight loss study that's been done in the last seventy years. No. Because it's the same thing. Yeah, it's calorie restriction. This is not rocket science. Yeah, but they're pretending very, very like heartily that it's not calorie restricting, but it just is because it's just some kind of cognitive dissonance that's occurring in some kind of denial state. But it's definitely they're finding because I know people want to know this in the white paper. The longest I've got to read you this actually. This, I have to, I'm sorry. This is from the actual website, it says. For instance, recent trials indicate that 10% of study participants lose 15 kilos and above. Now, what that means is that 90... Well, what happens to the 90%? They don't, right? 90% of people don't lose that much weight. 15% of people lose 10 kilos and above. That means 85% of people don't. Yeah, if I had a set of brake pads that had that sort of record, I would not be getting in a car. Don't do it. And 40% 40 lose five kilos and above. That means 60% of people don't even lose five kilos. (laughs) This is on the front page of the website. And we've got to remember that the normal weight fluctuation, particularly for women, remembering this program is exclusively for women, right? Yeah. Normal weight variation across a a typical month for a weight-stable adult woman is around three kilos up and down. Mm -hmm. For some, it's much more. It depends on the person. But in terms of average, that is the middle. That's the middle of the rung. So you're not even able to prove that the people who lost five kilos, that 60% or whatever it was, 40%, that it wasn't actually just a part of the normal monthly weight, weight fluctuation. fluctuation. No, because, of course, there was no control group in that study, so we can't. Oh, beautiful. Oh. Yeah, just convenient. Love it when that happens. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So <laughs> you are going to see, you're going to see in this website these miracle weight loss stories. I'm sure once the thing starts in February and they've roped in a whole cohort of vulnerable people, They will be on the radio. They'll be all over news.com. Yeah. 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 All over news. They will be in your papers. Yep. We need to keep the rational mind going. We need to keep this science going, that this is really, really tarted up science. And they're going to get the the outliers, the statistical unicorns that you've talked about before, and they're going to milk them. They're going to milk the unicorns and possibly put them on the panel. (laughs) (laughs) it's just you know there is an optimism to being a human in that you always believe that you are the one percent right it could be me Mm -hmm. i could win the lottery yep i could be the one in 100 or even the most conservative estimates i could be one of the one in six or seven Mm. who loses the weight and keeps it off for that period of time but that's not enough. Like, that fails most people. That's crap. It, it's shit, yeah. Particularly when we know that people can have health benefits. Mm. Like, the health benefits of moving more, eating well, sleeping enough, connecting with the community, doing stuff that you love. And not giving a shit a, about your weight. Having a fulfilling life, yeah, and having a low level of internalised body stigma. Mm. Mm. Those things erase the association between body weight and health outcomes. Absolutely. They're gone. They're gone. When those things are in play. 
when I read the testimonials, which are supposed to be the glowing kind of examples of how awesome this diet was, all I saw was pain. All I saw was women obsessed with appearance. You know, even poor old Rosemary, who there was nothing wrong to start with, but now she feels better because she's even thinner. And that yeah, oh, and she's got a new job though. That'll make you feel better. <laughs> oh my god! Just because you're thinner, because you're a unicorn, that doesn't make you a better person. And particularly, you know, the celebrity that kicked all of this off and her story—it is heartbreaking. She's not a better person. Yeah. She's finally cracked the weight loss holy grail for herself. She is yeah. right, she's four months in to something where the odds are really stacked against her. And yeah, that's the worry. I know. I feel for her. You know, I wonder whether she's going to be on the front page with her gastric sleeve survival story, story in five years' time. Yeah, because that's what tends to happen to journalists who mm. do struggle with their weight. They end up using that as their flagship issue. That's so sad, isn't it? Yeah, it's still unnecessary. You know, like it speaks to the listeners or the watchers or whoever would in whatever medium they are, it really speaks to people because it is a shared pain out there. But yeah, yeah. there's such a better way. We need to look more critically at that pain. Yeah. And more critically at I love that we've lifted the veil on this <laughs> latest latest shark. <laughs> <laughs> You can apply these principles to most yes. weight loss studies, but this one's particularly noxious, not studies, weight loss programs, because this one's particularly noxious because of the charity aspect yep. and because of the expert washing aspect mm. of it. Yeah. And so, that it's, you know, like it's supposed to be empowering to eat less. I mean, there's so much. It's stuffed. But... There's so much stuff. You know, feminists mm. have been writing about this for years. Yeah. This is bread and butter, mm-hmm. not okay, you yeah. know? <laughs> so let's run back through the ways you can checklist to run other programs or other bullshit that's going to come across your radar. Yeah. So you can increase your bullshit detector. One, yeah. a celebrity miracle weight loss story needs yes. the bullshit detector by a factor of 10. They no. all, even the more medical weight loss studies usually roll out a success story. So they roll out one of their statistical unicorns to promote their program. CSIRO does it. So that's not unusual, but it would be, I reckon Googling who are these people? Can you get the surname of the person who's doing the testimonial? Google them. Are they, do they have a financial stake in the business? (laughs) I mean, what the hell? It's so like, anyway, do that. Do that. Number two. What are their foundational studies? Yeah. Number two, complicated, exciting, glittery science. Yeah. That is. The gish gallop of truthiness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because actual science doesn't really get excited about anything. No, it's always very cautious. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who's kind of doing a Mosley, as you might say, is it's much <laughs> more glittery than, than anything. Number three, which is an emerging trend, bewildering array of experts there for no apparent reason in yeah. So, you know, if, okay, yoga's lovely, but it has nothing to do with sticking to your starvation diet. Being happy is lovely, <laughs> but you're not going to be happy when you're starving to death, even if you're convincing yourself that you're starving yourself only on a part-time basis, therefore it's okay. Number four, charities. 
charitable donations, which are, I love that, that expression you were using, like whitewashing, was it? What was it that you were? Goodness washing. Goodness washing, yes, because yeah. anyone who's doing stuff for a charity can't be bad, right? And they do, they do know that in, like, this is marketing 101. Mm. If you want your company to have a better public opinion about it, then making yourself very publicly associated with a charitable cause will do it. It's actually good for business. Like it is, you will make more money in your business if you do that, no matter how much money you're funneling to the charity. So it's not, they're not doing it only because it looks good, but they're doing it because they actually make more money when they do it that way. Yeah, and that is in the marketing literature. You <laughs> could Google down that rabbit hole for days. So that's there. Yeah. There's so much we've got to be on the lookout for. Yeah. Number five, if anything claims to be easy or not a diet or not calorie counting, it's bullshit. This is, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> At several points in the white paper, the, the Faraday person was saying, and not even in the, in the website, she's saying people find this really easy to stick to and they stick to it longer than diets. When you actually look at the papers that she's referring to, many of which she co-authored, you will see <laughs> conclusions such as more people dropped out in the intermittent fasting group than the <laughs> groups. <laughs> like, it's, it's actually just not true. It's in yeah. I cannot say with certainty that that is correct. They're not even, it's actually just lying. <laughs> so I yes. don't think she's politic. She's not uh, published any papers around the qualitative. I don't think she's ever taken interviews of, you know, like she's not published that stuff. It's only ever humans as lab rat studies. Mm. Oh, you mean actually talk to them about what it's like? Yeah. So she's claiming on the, well, the website is claiming that it's easy to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though on the without website, a reference. Yeah. No reference <laughs> on the website, in the testimonials, many of the women are saying like, I hate fast day and I'm hangry. Yeah. Good. What a good start. That's great. I don't know how that marries up with the, it's easy and people stick to it because no, they don't. And last and definitely not least glitzy marketing like mm. this, this is really beautifully glittery marketing. It looks, I mean, number one, wow. No, I mean, the only thing that's seriously super fast about this is how quickly it's come to market in the absence of any evidence to support it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it should be called like the super fast profit diet. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. One particular thing I like about their marketing is they have a woman holding a pineapple in front of her head. Now, anyone who's got anything to do with anyone who's been in the Australian military will know that if you are getting a pineapple, you are not having a good time. You are getting really? absolutely reamed by your superior officer. Yeah. It is a very well-known term in the Australian armed forces. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking and, about. Right. Well, you can, it's on Urban Dictionary. You can look it up. But in oh, any really? case, just the fact that they've used that as one of their central images, I thought, well, that is really actually quite poetic. Because that's what they're doing to us. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, this one, glitzy marketing, yeah, it looks pretty, yeah. Obscure military references, perhaps. But well, I mean, obviously that was completely accidental, but I thought oh, fitting, really. Maybe it is. A, um... not. Maybe it's an old glory martial <laughs> technique. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but there are, I, don't, I haven't been through the website to count yet, but there are a lot of women laughing with fruit and salad and 
Oh, yes, lots. And oh. doing selfies and stuff. And all in thin bodies. Oh, yeah, all of them. Because they're so happy yeah. they're thin and they're near fruit, which they probably can't eat on a fast day. But they can laugh at oh, it. So makes the it key issue here, I think she's drinking a daiquiri. I think that is booze in her hand, which is well, nice. But it matches her yeah. lipstick, so yeah. great. I have noticed um, in quite a few of the interviews and references of testimonials in this that they are talking about how much you can drink. So... And we know that like when people starve themselves, they can start drinking more to stop the cravings. This is true. Yeah. yeah, So, but that gets back to your point before about, you know, does this bewildering array of experts really care about your nutritional variety? Doesn't seem so. Negative. No, clearly not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Fiona, I knew that you were going to eviscerate this beautifully and you have. Thank you so much. What would we do? You're welcome. It? Thank you for inviting me. I would like to say it's the last time, but it's just it not. It probably won't be the last time. No, no. Well. I hope it is the last time, but that is a very overly optimistic that. take on mm. the purpose of this podcast. Mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. One day we'll repur- you can repurpose it for, you know, telling the world how wonderful it is. <laughs> right now. Hopefully. Right now. It we, just, purpose. we just need to keep pointing out the bullshit. So, and we will. Yeah. So well, because an informed, an informed consumer is an empowered consumer. And if these freaking diet products, if they came with a insert, like a medical information insert on medicines mm. yeah. that had to say what they were for, how effective they were, what trials it's been trialed in and for how long mm. and what people can expect for them, no one would buy this crap. No, but that's what we're here for. We have to raise yes. the awareness of why you that's should it. buy crap and you actually have a good point because i'm fairly sure in australia weight loss commercials are supposed to be saying stuff like results not typical and i haven't seen that on this website so i haven't seen anything about results on the website like actual Mm. program results i mean you know mostly because they don't have them they started the program (laughs) (laughs) but everyone who works there knows it's great so let's do it yeah that is actually a point. You have to actually read the white paper before you can see how much weight they're claiming people might mm-hmm. lose, mm. which is another trick is just to hide, you know, hide mm. the details. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm. On average, the weight loss was six kilos in a 100-kilo a person, and we don't know how much weight they regain after the first six months. So, but we know trends will, it will It'll come back. Yeah. It will find its way back. Yeah. yeah. So it's an expensive six kilos and it's, it's a maddening six kilos. I mean, you might get some yoga on the way and some happiness amongst your hangriness. You might meet some people who are going through similar experiences as you that might feel all right at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. No, everyone might feel good in the beginning and then, then the slow march down will happen. But look, yeah. let's not encourage anyone to buy this shit. Let's encourage everyone to donate to that charity. Yeah. yeah. So what you want to do is not go to the super fast diet. You want to mm-hmm. bypass that completely and go directly to mm-hmm. the Humankind Project. Humankind. And their website is humankindproject.com.au or just Google Humankind Project. Decent charity to give to. Just go there. Just, yeah, just donate. And if you can leave them a message when you donate, leave them the message of this. Please stop supporting the super fast diet. 
because you can't <laughs> starving in one population and feeding another. That's just screwed up in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Fiona. I feel cleansed. I feel good. I feel <laughs> excellent. I feel like I got a really big thing off my chest because that's been pissing me off since the beginning of the year. So until next time. Yes. Thank you again. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Isn't she a complete ripper? That was the amazing Fiona Willer from Health Not Diets, eviscerating deservedly a really crappy new diet that's come on our market. Let's hope that this too sinks without a trace and we never hear from it again. But you know what, guys? If you do hear from this diet again, please let me know because I can guarantee that we probably haven't heard the last from that massive marketing machine that is underneath the puffs of hot air that represent the Superfast Diet. If you want to find out more about Fiona Willer and all the amazing stuff that she does, go to healthnotdiets.com.au and have a look at everything because she's a powerhouse. She's incredible. And I know that it won't be the last time we hear from her on this podcast. So that's it for another week. And we will be back next week with a huge pile of steaming diet culture bullshit. And of course, if you're enjoying All Fired Up, please support this podcast by going along to iTunes and leaving a nice review, five-star review, a nice comment, and don't forget to subscribe so that when an episode comes out, you don't miss out. And tell all your friends, tell your family, tell people that this message is here and it's coming out and it's not stopping. If you want to learn more about the science that underpins the health at every size approach to health and weight in terms of weight neutrality, go to untrapped.com.au and our free ebook will pop up and you can download it. That was written by me and Fiona and it covers the top 10 myths that diet culture has thrown at us about weight loss and about health. It's a book that is jam-packed full of evidence to support this position that we take because this is not a position that we take just because it's a whim. The health at every size anti-diet position is so supported by scientific evidence and so supported by ethical evidence that it really is the only way forward. So please go and download that ebook and read it and share it around because the more this gets out, the more the world can change. And of course, if you're struggling with your own personal issues around what diet culture has done to your relationship with food, what diet culture has done to your relationship with exercise or your body, then please come along to untrapped.com.au and join our program because, you know, a whole lifetime, it is a lot to unpack. But over our three-month masterclass, we certainly see people making enormous shifts towards an empowered relationship with food movement and their own bodies and I can tell you as someone who's in that community every single day they give me the fire and the passion to keep doing this this podcast to keep getting the message out to everybody who really needs to hear it okay so as I said that's me for another week I can't wait to get back next week with a fascinating topic which I know you're all going to love but in the meantime trust no one think critically push back against diet culture untrap from the crap.